Welcome to 120 Outdoors, where we talk about how to enjoy the outdoor opportunities we all have close to home. Hi, my name is Chris DePaula, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Klaus, and we have an exciting show for you planned today. First of all, we want to wish you a belated Happy New Year. Hopefully, you had a great holiday season with your friends and family, as best you could with everything we're going through. Um, I know Don and I did. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about, I know people don't want to get back into it, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the positives of 2020 and a few of the negatives, of course, and then looking forward to what to expect here in 21. So with uh, what are some of the things you want to talk about today, Don, that you thought, I know we talked a little bit earlier about some of the, the positives that, that took place in 2020, which are kind of hard to find in many cases, but there were some, especially outdoor related. Yeah, they are, they are hard to find, but uh, not as hard to find uh, related to the outdoors. You know, in the outdoors, a lot of people had one thing that's absent in many years, and that's time. Time was present for a variety of reasons. Some people, unfortunately, uh, their employment forced them to be laid off. Some people had things that were just shut down and opportunities that they would have otherwise gotten into. They couldn't. But for the most part, the outdoors was open for business and uh, people were able to get out and do a variety of events. The other thing uh, that goes with that, uh, a lot of people with kids could elaborate on it. You know, kids had time that they've never had. Uh, organized sports were shut down for them and they were able to consider doing things that in ordinary time might not be able to consider. So it was pretty good for for the sake of time yeah. in that regard. No, that that's very true. And you know, and I'm a numbers guy, um, as you know, coming from the sales background. And I, I did dig up a couple numbers here I was sharing with you earlier. I thought it'd be interesting to share some of these with our listeners. You know, just like for example, the state of Pennsylvania, you mentioned how we had um, participation in fishing and, and other and hunting and some other outdoor activities in, increased last year, and they did. In the state of Pennsylvania alone just fishing license sales as of November 1st of 2020 was up 18.7%. So almost 19%, let's say. And there was another 147,000 plus anglers that bought fishing licenses just in the state of Pennsylvania, which is staggering numbers if you think about it. Um, and on top of that, you look at the launch permits, which they can track for canoeing and kayaking. That was also up 40% for the year in Pennsylvania. And then hunting wasn't quite as, um, didn't have quite a jump as they did in, in fishing. But hunting, the basic permit in Pennsylvania, like you have to buy the basic permit in PA, mm -hmm. and then you have to buy the various tags, you know. And similar to Ohio, you buy your basic hunting tag or hunting permits in Ohio, and you can buy your deer tag in, in Turkey and so forth. But in Pennsylvania, that was up about 5%, 4.8% for the year on hunting, basic hunting license. So maybe not quite as big a jump in hunting, but still, if you look at the overall um, participation by anglers and hunters, it's, it was all positive. It was north, you know, going north for once instead of dropping south. So um, I thought one of the quotes I took from one of the, some of the research I did um, somebody mentioned here that the people found a more time to do on their hands to do the things they enjoyed doing close to home, which falls right into what we are all about, mm -hmm. 120 Outdoors. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool, too. So I know you and I experienced the same thing. Um, we were out fishing much earlier than we normally do. Um, I know you and I were out in April, I think it was, or maybe even, was it April? Yeah, April. April yeah. yeah, I feel like it just came off the lake and we're out. What the heck are we doing out here? We both 
you know, nobody but, was working. But you we, know, we could. We, we were out. Yeah, we were out. And there, there were other people out there, too, mm-hmm. you know, even though it might have been early. So we saw early signs of it even in um, in April when this thing really hit home. When we had that six-week um, window there where we were under curfew, I guess you could say, or whatever it mm-hmm. was. Um, so I thought that was interesting, too. Well, another one I can give you, and this doesn't even have anything to do with hunting or fishing. Um, I visited our local parks uh, quite a few times mm-hmm. in the time we had and got to see parking lots just absolutely chocked full of people and people all over the park. You know, uh, that's something you don't get to measure with license sales. No, that's crazy. But that usage was just through the roof. Uh, and, uh, you know, who knows? Hopefully uh, those were good experiences and uh, we'll, we'll keep people connected to that. Yeah, to to, to retain some of those, those new anglers and hunters out there. You know, it's interesting, too, because I looked at Ohio's. Michigan's numbers. I mean, everybody around our the Great Lakes area here, the numbers are all up in fishing license and hunting. So some are up a little bit more than others, some states. But in general, the entire Great Lakes region saw a plus in fishing and hunting license sales for 2020. That's huge. Okay. Um, a couple of other things I wanted to share with you too. And I thought, um, because my business background, I was looking at how the effects of the COVID issue had on the fishing industry, fishing and hunting industry. And you and I know this firsthand. How many times have we walked into Cabela's, we walked into Walmart or any tackle shop we went into, there's no fishing line. There was half the, we couldn't find anything half the time, you know, and it's just, and it wasn't just you and I, that was an experience across the entire country. And I did some research on there too. And they quoted one of the uh, directors for Berkeley Trialing. He said that they had they saw an additional eight to 10 million new anglers just in North America alone last year. So just that impact on the fishing industry, as far as inventory on the shelves and everything else, it was a tremendous strain on them. I can understand that. Think about it. You got that many new anglers buying fishing rods, fishing line, fishing tackle, bobbers, you know, just the basic stuff even. Think about it. Hey, you don't need to think too hard. It's just like toilet paper. Yeah, that's right. When people that's want right. twice as much as yeah. they're normally buying, the supply chain yeah. just isn't ready to deal yeah. with that. And then he was quoted as saying, too, the problem is it was an international influence for them because many of the things, unfortunately, were made in China. And because they had the pandemic early, you know, the all the, sh- the uh, manufacturing and assembly plants were shut down. They couldn't get anything. So by the time the pipeline caught up with everything, the fishing season was basically over. And then he said the other problem was they were worried about planning the fall season for ice fishing and getting prepared for that for the people up north, us, us folks up here up north. Um, they weren't prepared for that either because they felt they would have a huge influx of people trying ice fishing many times, many for the first time, some getting back into it. Not only to mention the core ice fishing anglers, they didn't have enough to supply for them this year either. So there was a shortage on that. That's just fishing now. <laughs> If you look at the hunting thing, and you and I were just talking about this because we were looking for ammo to do some pheasant hunting here, you and I, and there is no ammo. There, literally. I mean, you I don't know where to even find it anymore. You know, thank God I had some. I told you for um, shotgun season, for the slug season for Ohio here, I have two boxes left. I couldn't find anything else. <laughs> I'd end up using my muzzle loader, which I have supplies for that I could use to hunt with. But that... You could just see the demand of all these extra people participating, which is great, but none of the supply chain was ready for it. You know, it's it's crazy the how you didn't think of this was ever going to happen. 
you know. No, and it's going to get weird looking forward too, because I don't know how how they plan for that. You know, uh, when when's it end? Do we, do we, you can't build a whole new factory. Uh, no, not overnight for, for yeah. something that might not come back again. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So there were a lot of positives. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, and it's, I'm sure that the guy in that, as far as the, the fishing industry goes, he said they were happy, thrilled with the new anglers coming in. But now, like you just mentioned, the problem is how are they going to anticipate future, you know, buying patterns and where is this going? So you could see it's going to be 21. It's probably going to be a, a sketchy year for a lot of different things for hunting and fishing supplies. Again, I could just see it right now. So. I don't doubt it. Yeah. And it's going to be a challenge, too, uh, on the management side. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, fishing licenses and hunting licenses going up. Uh, The entities that manage those, they have personnel for enforcement and monitoring and whatever purposes. And, you know, the the licenses might not always be at that level. That's true. So it's not like they can go hire 100 100 new people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because the... You know, they they just don't have that steady of a, a revenue stream. Right. That's a great point. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got all these people using the resource now and you still have the same staff. You still have three guys managing State Park. And there's now, you know, 10 times as many people normally there on a weekend, you know. Right. Well, boating for one, you know, the yeah. Divi- Division of Watercraft, uh, they've got to monitor the lakes and they've got a boat out there with a, a couple of guys checking boats. And yeah. uh, guess what? There's uh, three times as many boats out here. I, it, it makes the uh, that uh, challenge. Why don't you share what happened at West Branch here, one of our local lakes here? I know you talked to someone there. Oh, uh, yeah. Just an example of how crazy this year, had, this past year has been. Right. At West Branch, uh, there's a campground and it's a, a great campground and it's well used. But uh, the campground had to be closed for three months this year. So, but even in spite of that three-month closure, they still exceeded uh, their occupancy of Jeez, campground that's for the un- year. That's unbelievable. Even when you take away three whole months. That's unbelievable. Uh, the boat ramps, uh, this is another thing. Uh, I know on the on the water, they have, uh, there's a, the Division of Watercraft has a monitoring role out there. But the park has to deal with all that traffic coming in to the boat ramps. And they had uh, boat ramps that were just chocked full. <laughs> and then that brought problems with uh, fights. Fights. and, and <laughs> Which you and I witnessed. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, many of these were novices. And, you know, when you yeah. throw novices into a crowd, that yeah. that makes it even a bit more of a challenge. Yeah. On a Saturday afternoon when it's 90 degrees out, uh, not too many uh, – People have the patience for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, you know, as much as we want to cheer for all that participation, not everybody was cheering all the time because yeah. uh, it brought some hassles with it. Yeah. 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 But the, the other thing to go with uh, with the tackle sales you were talking about and, and hunting goods and licenses, uh, most everybody knows that the licenses help carry the, the sport and the places where we get to do it. Uh, license fees are a, a big part of the revenue structure to help stock fish or uh, all things that, that make the enterprise work. But also the, the goods, there's an excise tax on all those goods. And when those sales are through the roof, uh, there's going to be a g- bigger slice of uh, of revenues going coming from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to 
help support that. To the states, yeah. And that's distributed to the states based on license sales. Sales, yeah. So, uh, so it's good to know that uh, that's going to be a bigger uh, pie. And it sounds like by the license numbers, uh, our, our areas around the Great Lakes are going to get their piece of that pie. So. Yeah. No, it sounds for everything I've I've um, I've researched here, and you know, even I had another thing too here, Don, that I wanted to share too. As far as hunting license sales go in the six Midwestern states, you know, I talked about this earlier. This is for archery hunting, and this so this would include Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin. So basically, the Midwest states um, from November of 2019, November 1st of 2019 to November 1st of 2020, the sales were up anywhere from 16 to 32% for archery hunting. So you could see that there were there were quite a few people participating in archery this year. Now, I don't know how they would do that in Ohio, if they could determine that just by the way we're set up. And I don't know how they got their numbers here, but I thought that was interesting too. If you look at the overall hunting sales, hunting license sales, they were up maybe, let's say 5%, like in Pennsylvania. But if you look at this, they say archery participation was up, could be close to 16, between 16 to 32% in all of those um, all those six Midwestern states. So as I mentioned, I, there's a lot of good news here too with, with what happened in 2020, even though you look at the negative part of it with everything we're dealing with, with the COVID and how it impacted us personally, uh, many of us. Um, but there were some good things that happened out there too, you know? Yeah. I got a, I got another negative to throw here and that's, that's travel. You know, one of the things, mm-hmm. you know, we, we like the, to, uh, Stress yes. the 120 outdoors. Yeah. Even within our own 120, yeah. we've had some challenges uh, moving around yeah. uh, state to state. That's true, too. I never thought of that, too, because it happened to us last year. We weren't allowed to go into, to, and for us living in Ohio, we were banned from getting into New York State uh, for quite a bit of the summer last year. So we were even restricted within the this U.S., let alone you know, you and I like to make our annual trip up up north to Canada. Yeah, it's a bit out of our, fishing. our 120. Yeah, we, but, t- we just take our 120 up there. But, that's all. but we like yeah, it. But we like it, yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't get there, you know. Oh, well, that was totally out. Yeah, yeah, that was just not even close, let alone we had issues at home, you know, getting into different areas too. So it, you're right. It was a challenge overall and, and stuff like that too. The other thing, and I, here again, I don't want to uh, dwell on a, a lot of the negatives too, but for me personally, what I've noticed too, you know, they mention in here, uh, there was eight to 10 million new anglers. I swear they were where I was at. <laughs> I'm not saying all eight to 10 million, but I mean, it started for me in April when I was steelhead fish. And I told you, I mean, it was like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, everywhere I went that I normally don't see anybody, there were cars, there were guys. And I don't have a problem with it, except half these guys didn't know what they were doing. They were standing in the holes that I wanted to fish. So I ended up I didn't get frustrated. I just, I understood what was going on. I, you know, they were asking some questions. I maybe helped a couple guys out, but I moved on. I just kind of got out of the area and did my own thing. But that was just me. I've talked to friends of mine during turkey season, and I experienced this, that there was a huge impact on the turkey hunting um, for us in the neighboring states here. The guys were out there and you know how it is turkey hunting. If you get out there and you got too many guys calling or don't know what they're doing, it breaks up the flock and you got a mess, and it created a lot of tough times for for a lot of my buddies um, turkey hunting last year. Um, you know, and so it was a challenging year for me personally. I could tell you, and you know, you were with me on some of those trips, and and I didn't throw anything at the, at the jet skiers. I well, was tempted. <laughs> I was you you 
you jumped ahead of me. I was going to say boating etiquette. There, uh, there's yeah, an yeah. Order, there's some rules and an order of business. And uh, like I say, when you oh, throw those my. novices in, yeah, uh, it was it was a challenge uh, to say the least. And then I noticed it even um, this fall, deer hunting, and the area that we hunt is is not secluded, but it's kind of a private area. And then there's a group of us that know each other and, and, and hunt pretty well. But even in the area that I'm hunting quite frequently, there were quite a few new hunters there. I didn't notice it so much during archery season, but during the gun season, there was quite a few guys, um, which you would think would make the hunting better. In many cases, it didn't make it any better. It was their, their deer were just scattered everywhere, at least where I was hunting. Um, it was hard during the gun season for me. Um, and I'm not blaming anybody because I get it. I know how it is. But we were still able to get out there and enjoy the outdoors. But it was frustrating on the part because I, I didn't anticipate all that extra pressure in, in certain instances as far as hunting goes. Yeah, it's an adjustment. Yeah, yeah, it's an adjustment. So, But for me personally, it was a challenge. And, and you just didn't – I didn't realize how much it would impact it. You know, <laughs> there were so many people doing fishing and hunting this year that it. You, I got to see it personally, you know, to witness it. So, you know, and another thing, this is, uh, this has kind of been another negative in, in the area of fishing. You know, we, I think we touched on this last year, but some of the, the fisheries agencies weren't able to stock due to the, the timing of things. When things shut down, you know, you can't pick and choose when fish are going to spawn or where you, when you can gather eggs and rear fish. But uh, it hit at a bad time, and and some areas, you know, they're they're going to miss a whole year of of uh, stocking, and and uh, yeah, that's a great point. I didn't think of that one. Um, yeah, and we have the example right here that happened to us in Ohio. We mm -hmm. were we thought they were able to, and because we like the musky fish, we thought they were able to get the nets out in April. And here, that was not the case in Ohio, and they basically had no fish to stock this fall, this fall of 2020. But our friends in Pennsylvania were able to get out early before they went under lockdown and everything else. And they were able to get some fish. So they shared some of their surplus with Ohio. Um, so we were able to stock fish in Ohio. And I think they had the same situation with Steelhead, too. They were able to share. Some of the states were sharing their surplus with other states that weren't able to get the nets in because of COVID. Um, so you're right. That had a huge impact, too. But, you know, one of the other things you and I talked about earlier, a friend of ours who lives up in Wisconsin, when I talked to him last summer, his his big concern with the whole thing was he loved seeing guys getting out and fishing and enjoying the outdoors. But he was concerned about the impact it would have long term on the local fisheries, because many of the lakes that he's fishing in Wisconsin, Minnesota are natural lakes. And there's thousands of them. And obviously, they, they all can't be stocked. So he was afraid that a lot of those fish, especially the, the big adult breeder fish, were being removed from the fishery and the long term impact of that would be significant years down the road. And he was, his motto then last summer, he was preaching to me, you know, share with your friends and on your podcast, you know, limit your catch, don't catch your limit. So in other words, he was telling people just take a couple fish or if you, if you want to throw them back, fine, but we all can't take our limit, especially in these lakes that aren't used to this kind of pressure. They won't recover because they're not going to get stocked, you know, or it's going to take years to recover. No. So that, I mean, I had brought, as soon as you mentioned that, I started thinking about what he said to us last summer about that yeah i hope we i hope we get a good spring coming up because boy take out two-year classes uh, yeah. of stocking and uh and that's problems and hopefully uh hopefully a lot of people embrace that thinking uh, that yeah. you're talking about because 
because uh, with more anglers, that's that's something that's got to happen. You know, yeah, yeah. The rules might have to change a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there were some some positives. You know, I, here again, I don't want to just sound going to the negative part of it. No. Of the thing, but no, there were some positives in this thing, and there were some negatives too. On top of the overall mess that we were in as a as a you know as a country. So, but um, I'm looking forward to 21. Um, you know, I have a lot of projects which are going to help me with this summer. You bet. A lot of things going on here um, for us in the outdoors. And um, we wanted to share some of these, uh, some of the things that we w- would recommend here, especially the next couple months, because it's a great time of year to get out. Um, it's it's January. Yeah. You might consider that the dead of winter, but that is not a, a reason to sit on your hands. There's plenty to do there is. Uh, within our 120 for sure, and I'm sure yours yeah. as well. Yeah. So let's talk about them then. It's cold. You know, I'm a rod builder. Chris is a wood carver. Yeah. Those are two things that are tailor-made for uh, for the winter, you know, when, yep. when it's not fit to go out. Yeah. So, you know, just for starters, those are some good ones. Yeah. And I do enjoy the carving in the winter. I don't get to carve as much, obviously, during the summer, but it's fun. And carving the fish during the winter when I can get to it, you know. Yeah, it's the same with yeah. uh, with rod building, fly tying, yeah. uh, bait making. You know, those are things when you're when yeah. you're wanting to use the stuff Absolutely. or be outside. It's it's tough to to get in and do it. Is it is? But, it is. but winter lets you do that. Yeah. But um, you know the the one thing that greeted me even before the end of 2020, seat catalog came in the mail. There you go. And that got me to thinking, you know, well, this is a recipe that they use all the time. As soon as Christmas is passed, it's like, hey, let's get the spring. <laughs> you know, let's get thinking about it. And that's why they want that catalog there. But it really is time to get thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I know that you've got. Uh, I already got my tree order got, form already. Got yeah. the tree order. Yeah. And, uh, and it's time to think about spring planning for whatever you might want to plant. Now, yeah. the catalog I got was for the garden, but. There's more to plant than just the garden. There's, uh, you know, forage uh, for pollinators and uh, and native plants and all all manner of things uh, that are related to the outdoors. Um, Also, it's time to winter's the the time you prune, Um, prune uh, fruit trees or uh, uh, cut back things that that might need tended to on. uh, on your property. And you and I have a big habitat improvement project going this winter. We're working on right now. We do have that. We have some, some lumbering and yeah. such. Uh, yeah. I didn't know we were lumberjacks, but I guess we are after. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll, we're going to share that with with you listeners too, down the road here, as we get that, some of the things that we've done on, on the farm. Now we're going to share with you too. And we have a huge um, habitat project we're working on for, for not only white-tailed deer, but for woodcock and, and uh, turkey too, and um, we'll be we'll be sharing that with you. But uh, that'll keep us busy most of the winter when we can get out um, to do that. So habitat work is definitely, or habitat improvement is definitely on on our list this winter for sure. Right, and now's the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely, H- hunting season is is pretty much done. Winding down, yeah. Uh, things aren't ready to to uh, pop in the spring yet. Uh, if if you had nest boxes that needed hung. Uh, winter is the time to. That's a good one too. Time to hang them. Yeah, you, I forgot you, about that. You can't do it in April. No. You can do it now. No. And you know what? If you have a wood shop, you can also build them. That's right. Which is another thing yeah. that I'm going to do. For, for we any, need a couple more bluebird boxes. We do. Yeah. Can't have too many bluebirds. No, that's for sure. On my list here, Don, I had um, sheds. You know, the shed antlers. 
Absolutely. And, those horns should be starting to drop. Yeah, it's it's and we're going to have a guest on for that in, in February, in uh, March, um, talking about shed hunting, which hopefully that'll be about the right time. I had and I had I shared pictures on our Facebook page. I had deer on on the property we hunt that had antlers in April last year. And I still can't believe that we had I, there was two deer. There were two bucks that still had their antlers in April, um, which is unbelievable. But hopefully they drop their antlers by March or mid-March at least, and you could do some shed hunting. So that's a great one. What did you have on your list? What's the next one you had, Don? Well, in addition to the shed hunting, and this kind of ties in with the shed hunting, scouting. Um, I mean, you can scout for, for deer, deer, deer trails. Deer trails, yeah. Ones that you might not see in the, in the times of heavy growth. That's a great one, yeah. But, but you can see them when things are down to mud or in the snow, and you can do double duty while you're hunting. Yeah. Uh, for those doing that scouting, you can also keep your eye Eyes peeled that's for those a, that's a, that, that two great ones there. You know, the next one I had on my list was um, we still have hunting season here yet, too. So we still have in Ohio, we're still allowed to hunt deer till February 7th. So I will be archery hunting now. I'll be doing some late season bow hunting, um, hopefully here during January if the weather's not too crazy. And then that first weekend in February. And then the rabbit season is still open here in Ohio, too. Um, so you can do, st- still do a little rabbit hunting if you're into that. And then you mentioned when we talked earlier, don't forget the varmint hunting. Yeah, varmint you could, hunting. You could still hunt coyotes and everything else, um, you know, throughout the winter too. And trapping season. I'm not sure. I'm not into the trapping. I don't know that much about it, but I think trapping season is still open in, into February, I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah. uh, but check your local regs again. Yeah. But there, there's some, so there's some things there. So what did you have, Donna? Well, another, uh, this is also scouting, but uh, scouting the lake. We happen to live um, in our area. We have a number of uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers lakes. And with the Corps of Engineers lakes, they have two different levels. Uh, they have what they call summer pool, where the water is at, is held at a level that, uh, that recreation can occur, uh, which is wonderful. But uh, they also have a mission of flood damage reduction. So what they'll do is they'll have a winter pool, which is drop that water you know, could be five, six feet. And what that does is it exposes a lot of area, uh, shore area. It's not shore. It's going to be underwater in the summer, but it exposes that and you can walk around. Uh, a lot of those places after they've been, this occurs in the fall. So by this time of year, uh, they've been drained for a while. They're pretty firm. You can walk around. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if the conditions are right, they can be frozen. Mm-hmm. But if no snow is present, you can really look around. Mm-hmm. So what you can do and you're walking around, uh, not only is it a nice scenic walk to get around the lake, but you can also see where you have uh, deadfalls, uh, submerged stumps, submerged humps, uh, channels that you might not uh, yeah. realize are there. Yeah, or how it looks. It's hard to see on your depth finder what it looks like, in, but in, in real life. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it looks different on your depth finder than it would when the water's down. So you're right. I never thought of that. That's a good one. It helps the picture yeah. anyway. Your, yeah. your electronics can help you find those. But if you already have... It clarifies uh, it for sure. ...an idea yeah. what's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. So, it, and it's enjoyable. It can be an enjoyable yeah. time to get out and walk yeah. around too. Yeah, next thing I had on my list um, for the winter months here, don't forget we still have fishing available. There's ice fishing. Oh, can't which, discount yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We have, ice should be ready here the next couple of weeks. I know my, uh, my buddy up in Wisconsin has been on the water since Christmas, and he's been doing pretty well on panfish already. Hopefully, we'll have ice here ready, safe uh, to go here very soon. 
And then don't forget, besides ice fishing, we still have our winter steelhead fishing, which I really enjoy doing. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but the crowds are normally not as bad. I, I can't speak. Hopefully, they're not quite as crazy as they were last fall when I was steelhead fishing. Um, but that's always a lot of fun, the winter steelhead, too. So those are a couple things there uh, that I had on my list, too. Most of the winter activities take a little extra measure of hardiness. Yeah. And uh, and that brings a few less people who are, are quite that hardy. Yeah, that's but, true. But if you force yourself to get out there, uh, even if it's just to take a walk in the winter and look around, look at your uh, the scenery that you might understand well in the, in the the foliage of summer, and look at it in the winter, and uh, you get a different perspective. And I, I think it's a worthwhile perspective, and uh, and like you said, maybe a little bit more peace too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I had on here too, and you brought this up earlier as far as do some learning. You know, there's some opportunities to do some. I know for myself, I'm always digging around and looking for different fly patterns on YouTube and stuff like that. So I'll do some of that, you know, looking for unique and different fly patterns that I could try um, either this spring or next fall. Um, that's one of the things I do uh, during the winter too, you know, oh. just education wise. Oh, Absolutely. Le learning is one of those things that could take all the time you have in the winter. Yeah. Uh, there are so many things to be learned. I'll tell you one thing that I learned recently. Uh, I did some, uh, Chris mentioned that we had some, uh, some lumbering to do. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah. I had some trees that they all found their way to the ground, but I think it could have been done better. And uh, after watching some YouTube videos on uh, safe and proper tree felling, uh, I, I agree that they could have fell better, and I think next time I'll be able to do better. I learned that, and True, that's new. Yeah. So, so that's good. So that's good. What are some of the other things you had underneath learning? Do you have anything else there? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, most states have online voter education. Uh, now, I, I've uh, looked at both of these. I, I've taken a proctored voting course in mm -hmm. the winter some years back, but I know it's done online uh, commonly. So either way that you want to do that, winter is a good time to get some voter education if you don't already have it. Um, uh, if you don't, I recommend it. It's a good thing. And if you're young enough, you kind of have to have it uh, to uh, to pilot a boat. So that's one. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. And in uh, another uh, education is hunter education. I, I think a lot of that can be done online now. I know in Ohio you can actually get certified. Um, taking the online course and they may do the same thing in Pennsylvania and it may be COVID related because they limited those classes now, you know, with uh, being in person. But I know in Ohio, you can take the online class. It's two days. I mean, I think it's eight hours um, different to this different sections. You have to go and there's a test you have to pass at the end, but you're able to print the certified card out and everything else and take it with you to go get your hunting license and so forth. That's a great one. I didn't think of that one. I think you're right that that might be COVID related and I hate to, to give it any credit for anything, but if, if there's one thing, a lot of things that have been forced to be online and more accessible uh, because of that, you know, because of necessity. Yeah. Because that's how you could do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the other one I had on here too, Don, and, and is getting back in shape. Um, and I, I, I try to do the best I can to stay in shape because everything that you and I do mm -hmm. requires some bit of uh, physical fitness, you know, whether you're fishing with us and standing up casting, um, 
eight hours a day or 12 hours a day in 90 degree heat to uh, huh. steelhead fishing and carrying that backpack with you. Traipsing around the river. To, to, whatever. Yeah, to, whether, whatever we're doing, whether we're lumbering we're doing now, that heavy work. We're doing habitat work is not light. It's it's at the end of the day, we're both dragging. Um, so I've made it a commitment, you know, to try and stay in shape again um, through the winter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can with it. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I think it's not a bad idea to try and stay in shape so you don't have to work as hard in June to get back into shape. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So, the moral of the story is you can't take the winter off. you got to right, get, get right, yourself yeah. ready for when the, the right, sun comes out again. Right. So that's, that's the other thing, too, that um, me personally I'm going to continue to focus on is trying to stay in shape again. Uh, just It makes the job a hell of a lot easier, that's All, for sure. Always good advice. You yeah. can get more out of the outdoors if you're in shape to, to deal absolutely, with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have anything else on your list there? My other one's kind of a safety thing, too. Um, you know, I'm a swimmer, mm-hmm. and I – love to spend my time in or around the water. And one of the biggest pieces of safety equipment uh, that you can have for that is, is being able to swim. Um, and I know of a, a lot of adults that's challenging to, to learn swimming. Uh, it can be done, but if you have kids, by all means, get them swimming lessons, get them into the pool. And uh, winter is a good time to deal with that. Uh, uh, being able to swim, uh, learning that in the winter, get them ready for the summer. Yeah, that's a, I forgot about that. That's a great point. You know, yeah. if, if you have a kid that can't swim, uh, you kind of always got to have one eye open. Well, they're um, always attracted to the water. Right. That's the thing, you know. So, you know, if, if you the greatest gift you could give a kid would be teaching them to swim. That's a, it's a lifelong uh, something they can carry with them forever. It's a lot of fun. And here again, it ties into staying in shape too. You could use that as part of your – Staying in shape program, have some fun. Absolutely, you know. Yep, and so uh, that's a good one. I've I've heard that people have been driven nuts by the amounts of time they have to spend with their kids uh, for yeah. homeschooling and variety yeah. or whatever. Yeah, uh, swimming could could yeah. uh, help ease the stress. Yep. Yeah, take them away yeah. for a bit. <laughs> I, I hope those classes are available. I I don't know, but well, I know last summer, uh, last um, winter when this whole thing hit, my son and, and daughter in law were taking my granddaughter. She's two to swimming lessons and she did really well. And then the COVID thing hit and impacted that too. And they, they shut that down, but I was glad to hear now they, they signed her back up again. They are offering the, the classes again this winter for kids. So both my uh, grandkids are going to, even the little one, um, who I, I'm telling you, he's not even, uh, he's just over a year and a half old now. He's also going for some kind of swimming classes too with his big sis you know, ours were in the pool at six months, six months. See yep. that? And, and, but their the classes are going to be restricted and they're going to have a whole different type of protocol, but they're going to try and do it. So I was glad to hear that, that it wasn't canceled because of everything going on. And yeah, that's good. so that gets back to the point of, you know, trying to make sure the kids are introduced to, to the water early and, and, uh, hopefully they'll be safe every time they, they are around the water, learn to respect it, not be afraid of it, but respect it. Right. You know? Always good to do that. That's right. And the last thing I had on my list too, and it's it's probably no particular order here, but I'm going to continue to shoot my bow all winter. Okay, mm. I know you and I talk about this all the time. That's you can't pick that bow up Labor Day and start shooting. I mean, you can. I, I'm not one of those people that can pick that thing up Labor Day and be comfortable and confident going into archery season. It never worked for me like that in anything in life <laughs> for me. That's- I had to work at it. So I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm in a good place right now. I'm shooting the bow really well. 
and I'm not going to stop now because I, I'm so comfortable. I could close my eyes about hit that target. And I want to be able to feel that way all the way through the summer, you know, going through the summer and into the fall next year. So that's my last one, you know, for recommend if you can join an archery club or go to the state park or community uh, park or Metro park and shoot archery. Oh, well, you can allow to do that. That's part of that fitness yeah, regimen. Yeah, yeah. Here again, that yeah, that fits right in there. Got to be in pretty good shape to pull a bow back, you know. So well, well one last thing on the learning. Uh, you know, I've steered people to the internet uh, probably all the time because there's so much there. But you know, we've touched on a number of topics. If you want to learn absolutely anything, just check it out, and you'll probably find a source to get some info. If that's paddling a kayak, uh, paddling a canoe, casting a, a a spinning reel, um, Maps, fly casting, fly tying, anything, everything. Yeah. Um, I know <laughs> I, shooting a bow, you know, I know in, in the course of my, 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 uh, tree felling, yeah. the videos yeah. I watched there, there are many and, uh, and you can glean something from, uh, from, from met, uh, different ones and probably spend all the time you, you have available to, to learn things. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's winter great. is a time for getting out, but it's also a time for learning. So Yeah. Well, very good. Um, once again, we hope you folks had a happy and, and safe holiday season, and we're wishing you again Happy New Year late here. But um, hopefully, and I know it's going to be a better year in 21. Guaranteed. Yeah. It, it can't be any worse. <laughs> I keep telling myself that. Um, heading into 21 here. So um, once again, we uh, look forward to – doing it future shows here. We're going to try and do a show every month like we promised we would. Um, you could let us know if there's some topics that you want us to discuss. You could uh, leave us a note on our Facebook page at 120 Outdoors. You could find us on there. Um, we'll also put a link to this podcast on that, uh, on our Facebook page with some pictures of some of our lumbering. We're going to put some pictures on there, what we're doing, working over there and uh, doing some habitat work. Um, so once again, we... You know, hope you folks are doing well, staying healthy, and um, looking forward to talking to you again here in the future. Yeah, we have uh, we have some good topics uh, in mind for the year, and and think you're going to enjoy them, and and hope to share those with you soon, and and uh, hope to get back to you soon. Yeah, and did like I mentioned earlier, we have uh, the two topics we have coming up next. Will be we have an outdoor photographer um, coming on here in. Uh, late January, February, and then we're going to talk to someone about some shed hunting um, for the late winter, um, which is always a lot of fun, too. So those are two shows you can look forward to in the upcoming months. Yep. But that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Till next time, get outdoors now and do something in your 120.